Hi guys, welcome to the Powerful AF Podcast. My name is Bracey Dutton and I share on the internet how I healed my food addiction by ditching toxic thoughts and ingredients. This podcast is all about empowering you with the knowledge to get on the other side of food addiction. A lot of it has to do with food and a lot more of it has to do with healing our mindset. We'll talk about healing trauma, getting rid of those nasty limiting beliefs that are holding us back and how to fully step into your power and own your life. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, keep listening. All right. I'm so, so excited and honored and grateful to have my friend Millie Barra. Did I say that right? I'll cut that out. Yeah, no, that's fine. How do you say it? Well, my husband's from the East Coast, so it's Barra, like a Barra. Barra. (laughs) (laughs) I have Millie Barra here with me, and I'm so excited to be talking to her. I actually met her in the past several months in a woman business support group I'm in. And I am so intrigued by your work, Millie. And I'm so excited to have you here. She was a guest inside of our private Facebook community and she went over um, emotions and how to regulate our emotions. She is a, I'm actually gonna have her tell you guys her certifications and what she does because I get it wrong every time. But um, she has really opened my eyes at ways to feel my feelings, regulate my feelings, and ways to cope with my feelings and really getting to understand how the mind, body, soul connection works. And she's going to have so much value for us today in helping us understand how our emotions work and how to work with them instead of against them. And we'll talk a little bit about trauma and some other things that Millie has in mind about how addiction can show up and why and how to work through it. So Millie, welcome. Tell us a little bit about you, your story. First of all, what you do, what it's called so that we're super clear on that and how you ended up in this space. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. Like this is my jam. So I'm always up and willing to have a conversation with somebody and just really share this knowledge because I really think as we begin to understand the mind body connection and our emotions, that is really when we're able to begin to have this freedom, right. And grace for ourselves to know that like we can let go of perfectionism. It's okay to feel them and everything like that. So, um, so a little bit about me, I am an energy alignment coach. And what that means is, is I am in the holistic medicine realm where I specialize in emotional freedom technique, which is tapping EFT tapping, and also a modality called the emotion code and body code that was developed by Dr. Bradley Nielsen. There's actually a book out there, a bunch of information on YouTube, if you want more information about that, but really The theory of what the work I do is at the root of most of our dis-ease, and I'm going to put a hyphen between that, not disease, but dis-ease within our physical, emotional, and spiritual body lies in the emotional connection. So emotions are energy in motion. And so when we don't process those appropriately, they actually can get trapped within our body And they create that dis-ease. And um, how I got into this was I, I mean, I've always been very fascinated by 
kind of like more energetic type of stuff. I was raised in a more like holistic home. I would say my mom was like a crunchy granola mom, you know, like, so that was always a door that was open to recognizing that the traditional Western medicine, while it hundred percent serves a purpose and is important, but there's a whole nother aspect of really connecting more of like how we were designed. And so as I went through life, I could tell I, I struggled with an underlining level of anxiety for most of my life. I would say it's never been diagnosed, but I was kind of like that closet person that was always anxious and always nervous. And then after I became a mom, that is really when things like went into hyperdrive because there's nothing like motherhood to completely trigger yeah. All of your insecurities <laughs> and all these different things, because you're in a state of vulnerability, because you're just so drained and everything. Um, and in that journey, I basically, after my second child, I found myself in one of the biggest ruts I've ever been in. And at the time, I thought, oh, I need to address my physical health. I had gained a bunch of weight. I was struggling to take it off. I'm a lifetime yo-yo dieter. I can remember having diet tendencies, even as young as like nine years old and feeling like I was not good enough unless I was a certain size, which I know very much aligns Bracey with your message. Um, and so I went to my doctor and I'm like, there has got to be something medically wrong with me because at the time I, yes, I had sleep deprivation, which plays a role, but I basically had the worst mind chatter in our field. We call that the inner ego, right? That, that bitch that is in your head (laughs) saying all those negative things. Mm -hmm. I was secluding myself. I was making excuses of why I couldn't go out with friends Um, I was tearing myself worth down my image, all these different things. And so I went to my doctor and I'm like, you have no idea like what's going on in my head. Like there's gotta be something wrong with me. We went a bunch of blood work and he came back and he's like, no, you're, you're good. You're healthy. And I'm like, what? I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I have no energy. I feel off kilter. Like there's gotta be something wrong. And at the time I had seen another doctor because the first doctor, I'm like, no, there's gotta be something wrong with me. And he was the first one that first introduced me to the emotion code modality idea. He's like, Hey, I really think you should look into this. Cause I literally was crying in his office saying, I, I'm not showing up how I want for my kids. And this is horrible. I don't want to feel this way. Anyways, fast forward, I looked it up and like, oh, this is really fascinating, but I still was very locked in of like, I need to be a certain size to have, I always said, if I could just lose the weight, everything else in my life would be better. Oh my God. I was the queen of that statement to the point where I would even say, yeah, when I'm happy, like for some reason, the weight just drops off. Mm -hmm. Well, again, it's because of that mind and body connection, you know, cortisol levels, right. That's induced by stress. That stress includes emotional stress as well. Um, and so I went on a very drastic diets and I lost 60 pounds felt great. I did feel good. I felt great. Um, I cleaned up my eating and lost a bunch of weight, did it not in the most healthiest manner. And what I realized was I'm like, but my issues are still there while I still, I felt physically better. I'm like, but I'm still showing up as the grouchy mom. 
I'm always snappy. I'm reactive. I still struggled with self-worth and that inner ego chatter. And so then I was like, okay, there's more to this because I was like, I can't sustain number one, this diet, <laughs> you know? And then anytime I then started gaining the weight back, then it threw, threw me right back into that shoot of not feeling, why can I get, why can't I handle this? Why isn't this easier? Like all that self-shame. And so that's when I started diving into doing this work using the emotion code, which is getting to the root cause of what is really at your distress emotionally and releasing it. And the transformation that I felt just after one session, I was like, oh my gosh, this was mind blowing to me. And so I began my journey there. And um, I mean, I started this about six years ago and our healing journeys are not linear. They're very up and down. So that's normal. I got to put yeah. that out there. That is normal. <laughs> um, but just the transformation to the point where my husband even said, whatever you're doing, like keep doing it. Mm. He said, because you're happier, the house is happier. And he's like, you're happy again. Because I can remember going to another holistic doctor and we were working very much on like stress level and my adrenals, right? Because I suffered from adrenal fatigue. And he asked me, he's like, well, what makes you happy? Like, what brings you joy? Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't answer him. So being the good student I am because prior to being kids, I was an elementary school teacher. I went home and I started making a list and I sat there for the longest time to a blank page because I could not remember what made me happy. And the other thing too, is I could say what I thought I needed to put on that page because of what society was saying to me or my circumstances were saying to me, like I was saying like, oh, what brings me joy is my kids. And in reality, that was not the truth. That was, I wanted to run away. I wanted to hide. So um, I started realizing that really the inner work is the most important work. And when you do the inner work, everything else falls together and falls in place. So, so yeah, so that's a little bit about me. So I then went on to get certified because I really felt the calling of like, I needed to educate more people about this. And my heart really is for women and particularly moms. So I have a mom life and energy alignment coaching business where I, I do exactly that. I help moms lighten their emotional load, learn how to tame their triggers within motherhood and really begin to feel more alignment within themselves so that they can show up better for the ones that they love. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> like that's, that's just, amazing and you know I've had my my story is very similar to yours although I had a lot of self-destructive behaviors like through my teens and early 20s and even in you know within the past tw into my 20s and when you said that when you sat down to make a list of what made you happy and there was nothing, I had that experience too. And when you just said it, it clicked. Like when I said what made me happy, it was sleeping. Like that was the only thing I could come up with. Like that's all I want to do is sleep. Yeah. So, and I can relate to how, you know, I also had a physical transformation from like 2020 to 2021. And then about a year later, I'm like, well, F, like I thought that was going to fix everything, like you said. And I was almost right back 
to where I was before mentally. Like you said, physically, I had energy to exercise and eat clean, but I was still struggling with every single thing that you said. And I know that so many people listening are going to relate. And one question that came up for me was, why do you think we avoid this so hard? Like, why is our first thought to go to the doctor and get a diagnosis or to, you know, seek any other like physical therapy before we look within? Do you think it's just so not mainstream so we don't think of it? Or is it the ego holding us back? Do you have any theory as to what, I think what takes few, so long? Yeah, I feel like there's a few things that go into that. Number one, I think we're, we are very much in a society. We're feeling feelings, right? We're told to put on a smile and keep pushing forward. We're told, you know, think about it when we're little, it's like, oh, don't cry. Like you don't need to cry about this. So that instinct programming from a very early age is kind of instilled in us which is basically saying it's not okay to feel our feelings. And if we do, like there's something wrong with me or we're going to get in trouble, right? Um, And from the ages of zero to seven are when our core beliefs are formulated and imprinted in ourselves. So I do a lot of work on like that inner mind, the subconscious mind and working on shifting out things and healing so that you're able to kind of quiet that inner chatter, begin to like, doing the things that you wish you could do without feeling like you're going to have like a nervous breakdown doing it, you know? Um, so I think, you know, our society and our beliefs very much are around that. I think also this idea, which plays into the food idea of like, again, we got to stuff things down. Uh, I heard somebody and his name is escaping me, but he gave the analogy also that we inherently just as who we are as human beings, and this goes into our survival mechanism, right? Of when there are is, so like if there's something horrific going on, just like if you're driving in a car, why is it that we always stop and we're like, we want to stare and see what's going on? Like we're mm-hmm. drawn to that, but it's because it's an instinct nature of we're trying, our body is trying to figure out like, okay, do I need to flee? Do I need to fight? Do I need to free? Like, what do I need to do in this situation? But now we have entered into a state where so many of us, and this is why this work is so important now, I think specifically in this time of life, you know, in the world's existence, is because we are all operating in a very much dysregulated nervous system state where we're so used to being under so much stress that we're always in that fight, flight, or freeze mode. And so since our body's designed to keep us safe, That's why we tend to avoid these things because it's not safe to Mm. open that can of worms up, you know? Yes. Gosh, that was such a good answer. That was such (laughs) a good answer because I can understand because I've done the work and I know how scary it is, especially to share the stuff that makes us For me personally, like I feel like a bad person for having some of these thoughts or I feel like I should be able to just tough it up and handle it, you know, and then it's like, what's wrong with me? And that's, you know, that's when we want to go get a diagnosis. We want a diagnosis that we're ADHD or that we're depressed or whatever it is. And 
you know, I'm not saying ADHD isn't real and it just makes sense that like what you're describing, we're in this chronic state of fight or flight because we're so overstimulated. We're so stressed. We're so depleted. We aren't taught how to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And when you said we're in that chronic state, that's also causing chronic inflammation in the body, which leads to the disease that you mentioned. And oftentimes it starts as the symptoms we discuss, like I'm just tired, I'm snappy, I'm moody, I'm, I can't control my feelings. And then when you don't do the work, it just manifests into more and more dis-ease in the body. And that's, you know, our species is not living as long as it should. And our quality of life, our quality yeah. of life just breaks my heart um, on the mental side. So um, let's talk more about how, like why it's so important to feel our feelings and how to get out of that constant state of fight or flight stress and how to stop trying to escape it. Cause I think yeah. that's a big piece of it too. Yeah. Well, imagine as if like, you're like a, a glass of water, right. And in this water, like you have your normal amount of water and then you begin to plop in pebbles. Those pebbles are your emotional load. That's you feeling like you're not good enough. That's being yelled at as a child. That's your boss, you know, firing you because you, he, you know, something happened, whatever this, all those pebbles or a fight that you had with your husband or your wife or your partner, all these different things. And you just keep dropping them in and what happens eventually is that water level creeps up to the point where then it's spilling over. So what happens is as we hold on to all of these things, our emotional load or our emotional baggage, the weight that we're carrying just begins to increase constantly. And that takes a toll on even your physical health, right? It's a stress load, increases your inflammation level, increases you know, your anxiety, your trouble sleeping, all these different things. And so it's really important to begin to just acknowledge in those moments of when life's just hard versus this past, you know, programming these thoughts of like, I just need to keep moving it forward or it's not safe to feel my feelings. So I'm going to keep stuffing them down. But just like a pressure cookie, eventually that pressure, that energy needs to go somewhere, which then oftentimes results with you then having those bursts of why only for so long I can stick to an eating plan. And then the minute I apply any stress to me, I'm going to instantly go and I find myself in the pantry binge eating, right? Because your body's trying to cope with all of those feelings. And that's just how it knows how to do that. So it's really important to begin doing this. And again, this is a process because we even need to begin to feel safe to feel our feelings. So one thing that I'm actually really focusing on right now um, is I'm the queen of I'm fine. Somebody asked you how you're doing. I'm fine, right? We keep this like very shrouded, like everything's good. And I'm actually beginning to say, you know, within the spaces that you feel comfortable doing is being like, no, actually like things are kind of rough right now, but I'll be okay. And I think giving that acknowledgement of like, no, I'm allow space to feel this. And then one of the key words I like to use too is a couple things. It, that's just for right now, right? Cause we're always going to shift out of these things. 
And also that's interesting because the thing that happens is when we, and this is a reason why a lot of times people don't want to go there, right? Yeah. They don't want to resurface things is because when you feel something, so let's say it's as simple as, well, I'll give an example from earlier this week. I was driving, we have a lot of construction and there was one of those, you know, stop sign attendant people, you know, construction people with the stop and slow sign. And I pull up to it and then like he starts waving at me and meanwhile it stopped. So I got very confused. Um, and then he was waiting like for me to go, but the sign said stop. I'm like, I don't know what is going on here. And I rolled down my window and he's like, oh, you got to put your blinker on. So I know which direction you're going. But I was in the process of doing that when he started waving at me. So I got distracted. And anyways, I said, well, have a nice day. Like, bye. And we keep, I keep going. But instantly after that, I could feel this pit in my stomach. And these emotions started to well up to the point where I like wanted to cry, which crying is is a release that allows you to release that energy. Anger is also a release. So if you find yourself very reactive with anger or frustration, that is an emotional, it gives you a little hit of a release. And I was like, oh my gosh, like here I am crying now on the way home just because some guy, like I got into that situation. But really when I sat with it, I realized that what was coming up is number one, I don't like to get in trouble. I want to be the good girl. And so I was creating that response based on what I had experienced as a younger person, because your, your subconscious mind keeps count. It's the ultimate DVR and it cannot tell the difference between the past or the present. So it's going to bring up all of those feelings and that physical response and those emotions. And so instead of, I could have been like, okay, I'm going to push this back down, but I sat with it. And I said, that's interesting that I'm feeling this way. And then I went home. And I worked on trying to process it because there's times you can process things in the moment, but obviously there's other times you're like, I'm at work or I can't process this right now. And so the best thing you can do for yourself is say, okay, I'm feeling this. Again, the first thing to do is acknowledge actually what you're feeling. And then if you need to come back to it, because by not acknowledging it, it's going to keep trying to get your attention. And then it's going to compound and you're going to start attaching all these other thought patterns. You're going to go, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? Oh my gosh, so-and-so said this to me, then that must mean this. And you just start attaching all these things and your inner judge begins to come out. So the best thing is to acknowledge it and begin to feel it, which I know we'll talk a little bit about of some ways that we can actually feel and process our emotions and just begin to hold space for yourself and have grace because we were designed to be feeling human beings like we were designed to come here and have these emotional experiences because otherwise how does that separate us from any other living being you know here on the planet right right we were designed to be feeling yeah yeah and um, you know, I, I mean, I love that you work with moms cause that's my biggest point of struggle. And I know I can relate it to when I allow myself to get interested in why I am, you know, being the way that I am with them. I think back to how it was in my house growing up, you know, I, I have the same triggers that my mom had with me and, 
it's not, you know, at first I was so ashamed of it. Like I love my kids more than anything. I want, I don't want to traumatize them. I want them to feel safe and loved. yet it's an automatic, like you said, programming response. And I have found when I don't beat myself up, it's so much easier to get past it when I allow myself to sit and think about why this is happening, like you said. And it doesn't change for me, like that physical reaction in my body. Do you think that those reactions to those situations eventually go away or get less? Or are we always going to have like that initial like, oh, that didn't feel good or that, you know, because for me, it'll be like, a nervousness in my chest or, you know, whatever it is when I feel like something tagged me or triggered me. Yeah. Is that always going to be there? We just, well, and I think it is going to naturally, because again, we were designed to be, um, you know, look at back when caveman era, we were designed to be always picking up on signals within our surroundings. And that was our natural born instinct of needing to evaluate those things. So I think you're going to, and you know, one thing I want to point out too, if it's hard for you to put words into like, I am feeling sad, I am feeling angry, because that can be actually really hard. Yeah. But I have a lot of clients who come in and like, I don't even know what I'm feeling or how to feel. And so when you begin to notice the physical sensations in your physical body, that can be what you focus in on and you're going to begin to have it. But again, there's a reason why you have such a strong charge, like for example, of why there is a connection between like example, I get really anxious when I get on an airplane. I'm not saying I do, but just using that as an example. So if you feel really anxious or claustrophobic or all these different things, because it's creating that physical response, you get nervous in your stomach, you start getting sweaty. Well, your body has cell memory. And so what it's doing is it's tracking the fact that when you were so-and-so age, like let's say seven years old, and you were standing in front of your classroom needing to do a presentation, and you were all nervous, and you started getting bu you know, bubbly in your stomach, and your throat was starting to get tight, and you're starting to get sweaty, it created a certain emotional response for you. And because your subconscious mind keeps count, it links that to the present day. And so your body's perceiving of like, oh, I'm feeling this pit in my stomach. I'm getting sweaty. This must not be a safe situation. So through doing this work and beginning to acknowledge your emotions and how you're feeling in certain circumstances, what you're doing is you're beginning to have the awareness of what's going on. So in some ways you're able to reinforce it like, no, no, no. Like it's this reprogramming you're rechanging those synapses in your brain to be like, no, this is safe. It is okay. So I think depending on the circumstance, yes, it will lower, but they're always there as your cues. It's kind of like your temperature gauge, right? Yeah, yeah. Or the other thing I refer a lot of times to those physical sensations, whether it's physical pain or whatever, that's your uh, check engine light or your warning sign that's going yeah. up saying that there's something that needs to be addressed or there's something that needs to be healed or acknowledged but we just kind of, we don't listen to that right? on an emotional level. We'll address the physical aspect of it a lot of the time, right? but not necessarily get to the root of why that's happening. Right. And for me, that helps to know that 
it's literally how we're designed for our body to react in that way to situations because that lifts the inner chatter about why are you so dramatic or like you shouldn't be so affected by this or whatever that judgmental ego guy in my head is telling me and I you know I think there's so much freedom and no I don't think a lot of people know that to be true we're just constantly trying to become like a superhuman to where we aren't faced by anything and everything's just perfect and wonderful and it's like if we keep thinking that that's what's supposed to be then we will forever be feeling not enough and inadequate and unhappy um shoot there was something else you said well okay I don't want to forget to say this I meant to say this at the beginning but Millie and I did an energy work session together and that's another reason I wanted to bring her on this call was because it was so interesting my experience with it was so interesting I had never experienced I've done a lot of work with like um mindset and I've gone back to the trauma I've gone back to you know uncovering why I am the way I am in certain situations but your process was just so interesting. And I sent her message the next day and I was like, I think you fixed me. Like I was so patient with my kids. I was so present with my kids. I wasn't reactive and I can like gauge how well I was doing because we went to Hobby Lobby with my four-year-old and my six-year-old. And of course they're touching every single thing. And normally I would snap, I would react. I would get frustrated. I would get impatient. And we were probably there for an hour because I was just like, don't touch that or let's go ahead. And I never, that's, I'm always on high alert as a mom. So I would love to, for you to tell us more about what you do, like, and how it works, maybe. I don't know how much yeah. you can describe that, but. Yeah. So I infuse, like I said, emotional freedom technique, which is tapping, which that is about tapping into specific meridians. So our body is made up of different flows of energy. So if you're familiar with like acupuncture or Chinese medicine, there are main meridians that run through your body. And so by stimulating those meridians, you are able to begin to like reprogram the pathways and you're also able to release any blocks or stagnant points within those energy fields. And so emotional freedom technique, which there is a ton of science behind the um, effect it has on anxiety, depression, even physical pain. Um, but there is just so much science backing this, which I love anytime that we can have that, right? To prove the fact that these energy modalities have efficacy and everything. So, but basically by beginning the process of it is to actually begin to acknowledge the yuck, like how you are feeling again, acknowledging how you're actually feeling while tapping on the specific points, because you're giving the acknowledgement while also releasing that energy. And you begin to reprogram that programming that's connected to your subconscious mind. Then at the end, you program in what you want to feel by tapping on those points. And so within clients, I have clients that oftentimes come to me for anxiety and they'll be at like a 10 before we do this 
the session. And by the end, they're down to like a one and they're like, hmm, like, I feel so much better, you know, and yeah. like, it, it just, it really works. And then I also infuse, like I said, the emotion code and body code. And that is really more of um, where I act as proxy because well, obviously most of my clients, I'm not in the same room with them. So this is where a bit of the woo <laughs> comes in, but it's no different than the fact that I am ta talking to Bracey on the phone, you know, through energy waves that are going through the atmosphere, allowing us to be able to connect. Energy works the same way, even our physical energy. And so it creates that tether, but I act as proxy where I use muscle testing. So if you're familiar with kinesiology or going to a chiropractor or a holistic doctor, they'll do muscle testing where you ask your body certain questions like, is this good for me? And you get a solid, like firm arm and that's a yes. If it's not, you're, you're like, no matter how hard you hold up that arm, it's going to fall down. Mm -hmm. So that's applied kinesiology. And I am able to use a series of charts and things to be able to pinpoint number one, like what trapped emotions your body's holding onto and around like what age those trapped emotions first formed. And then also along with programming or other misalignments that even can go into physical misalignments. So I'm able to pinpoint things and then release the energy around it. So unlike traditional talk therapy, which I am a huge advocate for whatever feels good for you. I, I believe there's a wide range of modalities out there and you need to do what works for you. Um, and in fact, I refer clients out sometimes if I feel like, hey, I really think you need to do this. But unlike traditional talk therapy, where you continue to talk over the situation from your past over and over and over again and begin to dissect it, I'm able to like ask your body just to pinpoint and go straight down into, okay, what is really coming up? And you don't even have to really talk about it much. You can tell, share me however much you want or however little, and it's still just as effective. And then what I do to clear is I actually use magnets. So just like you were to take the back of a credit card that has all your stored information, right? And rub a magnet on it, what happens? The credit card's not effective. It deactivates. So, because that's an energy charge of programming that and works the same way. So that is what I do of being able to help, again, primarily women. I do have a couple of male clients, but of being able to begin to make these shifts so that we dissolve the charge behind the energy that's stored within you. Doesn't erase what happened to you. But all of a sudden you're like, man, yeah, I'm less reactive. Man, I don't feel so upset about this anymore. I'm able to finally for the first time, I get this a lot from a lot of my clients is for the first time, I feel like I can move forward and I'm not being pulled back mm. to my past. And, um, you know, like Bracey and I were talking about before we hit record was we were talking just about trauma, which we could talk about like for a full long episode, but the understanding that there's a misconception around trauma, there's big trauma, like we call them big T, which is like those horrific, where you're in an accident, you're abused, um, like something horrific happened to you, a major loss. Those are the big trauma. But then there's also little trauma, little T, which is what the majority of the population is struggling with. Mm -hmm. And that comes right down to having an emotionally unavailable parent. Parents getting divorced and you feel like you're being pulled in different directions and you have to make everybody happy because you've learned to keep the temperature stable. 
um, getting laughed at at school, having a learning disability, all these different things are little trauma. And it's the little trauma that is what oftentimes affects our present day and how we respond. And so I do a lot of work around that of healing those things again, so that you can show up better as you want to in the present day. And I love the reprogramming piece because we really are built like a computer program. Like there's a very specific way in which our body is supposed to function and our emotions are supposed to function and our feelings. And I feel like we're so disconnected from it. I feel like we focus so much outward, like for me, especially like wanting to change this person and wanting to change the way this is outside of me. And like you said, if I can just change my physical body, I'll be happier. If my husband would just stop doing this, I would be happier. For me, if my kids would just obey me and listen to what I say, I will be happy. And I know in my mind that that's not what I want, but my ego tells me that. And, um, yeah, we're, we're so disconnected and I'll tell people sometimes I'm like, I challenge you or I invite you to sit quiet with yourself for five minutes with no distractions, no nothing. And it's terrifying for people because then we, we get to really hear what's going on in our minds. And I know for me, I feel like a crazy person sometimes, but the more I do it, the less scary it is. And actually I feel recharged. I feel like I can be present and not in this state of intense stress. And I grew up in a super chaotic household. I wouldn't say I had a huge trauma, but I had consistent like daily little traumas. Mm -hmm. And I am so wired to be on edge. Like chaos is normal for me. So my programming will literally ignite chaos in my home. And I think that's a super fascinating place to look too, is like us allowing ourselves to look within rather than blaming everything else, because that's giving our power away right. to everything else outside circumstances, which is something yeah. we'll never have control over. Right. So and that takes us back to the conversation we we're talking about how we are disconnected from the whole of who we are, which is the mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that. And I also want to tie in, and this might be two separate things. I just want to say it, but your husband said, you're happy. The house is happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is how you get everything else in your life to be the way you want it to be by tending to you. Yeah. And I invite, I'm like, be selfish. If you do yes. anything else, be selfish today. Stop worrying about, stop trying to control all this stuff outside of you because you literally can't. So that's why you feel like a mad woman. Like you're literally going mad. Yeah. And you're not taking the time to look within. So I want to talk more about that connection, the mind, body, soul. And also when we're doing that, why we get led to addictive behaviors, which yeah. I would love to go there. That was so much. I'm yeah, creating what, but yeah. what are your thoughts about all that? <laughs> well, first of all, no. Um, so, and that's exactly the truth. And that's really my message is for women to begin to understand that they need to fiercely guard their own needs so that they can show up better. 
as the person that they need to be, you know, and that goes, of course, for anybody. Um, but it's because again, we always, the female species tends to be a lot more sacrificial because we do have that motherly instinct that's kind of programmed into us where everybody else's needs, but you cannot pour from an empty cup. And so it's really important that you, you know, take care of your needs and this idea of self-care, which that word has been so misconstrued in society because it's become a great marketing tool <laughs> um, and buzzword. But really when it comes down to it, self-care is making sure that your basic needs are taken care of. Yeah. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I nourishing my body? Am I moving my body? Am I, you know, allowing myself to decompress and connect more with what fills my cup with nature or whatever it may be? And we need to return back to that. Because when you think about this, like, this is how it always used to work before we got into a very, um, you know, I want to say more masculine in the sense of like this drive for success, you know, industry working, we've gone away from that connection. We've got technology constantly bombarding us. And so we've gotten away from connecting with the earth, connecting within ourselves, just having good conversations that light us up, not weather. I call it weather conversation, right? Where you're just talking about surface level things. Um, but really connecting on a soul level, which feeds your physical well-being and your emotional well-being. So I think that's really important. But by doing that, again, you are working on learning what it feels like to be in a more stable temperature of your nervous system. So like implementing where, yeah, for five minutes a day, I am going to focus on a stillness practice. I am going to do a guided meditation, or I'm just going to breathe, or I'm going to step outside and take three deep cleansing breaths. Because what you're doing is you're allowing to tell your body of it's okay to slow down. It's okay to not be constantly pushing and it's safe to connect with yourself. So I think if anything, that's where most people need to start is you need to start with just like, am I drinking enough water? Am I getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night? I know that can be hard, especially for those moments because you feel like, oh, I finally got some time. Yeah. But really, how often have you noticed that when you stay up to give yourself some time and you're up till midnight to one o'clock in the morning and then having to get up at 5.30 to take care of the kids and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just dragging. So then you start going to external things. You hit up the caffeine, you get the sugary breakfast because you're trying to raise those dopamine levels mm. so that you can feel back high, but they're all temporary. So I think that's the first part of the question. I think the second thing is, is why does this lead into then unhealthy addictive behaviors? So in the emotion code, we refer to something as like seeking heart energy. And what that basically is, is when you are not feeling fulfilled, you are not filling your joy cup or your love cup or not receiving the kind of love that you desire and again, this is more than just necessarily a romantic relationship. This can be the dynamics with a parent. This can be a dynamics with a friend. It could be even with yourself. Um, what happens is you're gonna, because you we are, you know, it's the analogy of when a baby is born, it needs to be cared for, it needs to be nurtured, it needs to be shown love. If you don't do it, what happens to that baby? It does not thrive. 
So you need to receive those things. And what happens is when you don't, you're going to go start seeking other things, which tend to create addictive tendencies, whether it's to food, alcohol, drugs, pornography. You can even be addicted to exercise. You can be addicted to types of emotions where you notice that, like you were saying, I work under chaos because your atmosphere and what you perceived love to be was actually within that chaotic situation. So your homeostasis now as an older person feels really uncomfortable when you're like, oh, everything's fine. Like everything's calm. Like I should be able to handle, like this is what I'm wanting, but I feel really uncomfortable in this. But that's because you were programmed to believe and equate stability and safety within that. Right. And so you begin to need to reprogram that. Right. And it's the, you know, I, it's not a conscious thought like, oh, everything's great. Let me go and fuck it up. It's like, no, it's all right. It's all the automatic <laughs> subconscious. And again, think of it right. like the iceberg, right? What you see above the water is your conscious mind. What's all underneath it is your subconscious, which is great. We need to have that in place because that is what allows us to be able to breathe without thinking about taking a breath to brush our teeth automatically, all those different things, because otherwise that would just exhaust us. But our emotional body is very much made up of those, that automatic subconscious mind where we do things just on autopilot. You know, like I hear a lot of times of like, I don't know why I keep sabotaging my relationships. I don't know why I can't just, you know, put myself out there in my business. This is what I really want. Well, that's because there's some kind of programming there telling you that it's not safe to do that. Right. And so your subconscious mind is going to default. And the other thing too, which I always think this is so, so fascinating is the subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between excitement and fear. It gives the same physical response in your body. And so even if you're excited about something, like we talked about those physical response, it's giving that response. So it's like, Ooh, Oh, am I not supposed to be excited about this? Am I supposed to be afraid of this? You know, and it starts getting very confused. (laughs) Yes. And that reminds me also, and I don't know if this is connected, maybe, you know, that pain and pleasure is the same chemical in the brain too. Like it, yeah. it all comes from the same, the same part of the brain. Yeah. Yes. The same part. And it has to, what it wants to be is balanced. It's supposed to be balanced. Yeah. So if you picture a monk that is living in Tibet in the mountains, like they are practicing that balance of pain and pleasure by being so neutral we can't really achieve that in, in this society. So I think it's really important to know that you cannot experience pleasure without pain or pain without pleasure. Our bodies are always going to have to add some pain to get back to this balance. So I love finding correlations between like neuroscience and then emotional code stuff and spirituality and physics and yeah. religion it all just makes perfect sense, you know, when yeah. you look at the, the big picture. Um, and when you spoke about how we're living in a very masculine time, I actually just took a course called Sacred Feminine last weekend. Mm. So we learned a lot about this. And when you said that, when your husband said you were happy, so the house is happy, that is the female, that's 
feminine, that's the feminine role. When we are taking care of ourselves, they said this analogy, we are the soil and everything else is the plant. And you posted a reel about this yesterday. It was so perfect. If yeah. You, if, a, if a plant isn't growing properly, you don't yell at the plant to get right. their shit together. You look at the soil, you look at the environment, you look yeah. at the sun, you look at all of that. And the, if you see yourself, the feminine, we are powerful because without our health and wellness and well-being, nothing else yeah. can thrive. So the world we're living in is very masculine, toxic masculinity because masculine is not bad. We would not get anything done right. without masculinity. Yeah, that balance, you need both. Yes. See, it shows up everywhere. So, and I think a lot of us are programmed to step into the masculine. Mm-hmm. Women never worked outside of the house until the past several decades. And I'm not saying you shouldn't want to because I, I'm all for women working. But yeah, we're totally screwing with our physiology and the way that we are designed emotionally, physically, yeah. spiritually. And taking care of our soil is so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I had to work for a while because I really got angry at the idea of like, why is it all on my shoulders? Mm. Like, why do I have to be the person that's got it all together to make sure (laughs) it rolls over across my household? And I mean, I have two boys, so I'm the only female energy in the house. Well, however, I am raising my boys to be aware to, you know, that energy and everything and connect even within the feminine energy within themselves too, to feel their emotions. But for a long time, I got really angry about it. But when I leaned into the fact of, no, this isn't like a punishment. This is, like you said, a superpower. And being able to lean into that compassion, I was like, okay. Then I began to see the shift in, again, the impact it was having for that. And um, again, I am not painting the picture that my household is perfect, by no means. (laughs) We still have a lot of feelings and a lot of ups and downs and everything, and I don't have it all figured out, Um, but at least we are beginning to take the steps where we are able to just live in a little bit more, again, balance, I guess, with things. Right. Right. Yeah. And those feelings aren't going anywhere. Right. Like they have right. to, they and have just to when you present. think you have it figured out more feelings come up because yeah. that is just how it all works. Because when you say yes to healing, when yep. you step into that role of saying, yes, I'm going to do the work. And again, the work that you're doing, the impact it has across generations is huge. Yeah. And that is one of the things that continues to drive my um, need to do this is because I'm breaking those generational traumas and I am doing it for that next generation. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, I totally just lost my train of thought, but, (laughs) but yeah, stepping into that role, I think is really important, but recognizing that when you say yes to it, again, I said at the beginning, healing's not linear. It's very up and down. And one thing that gets me through it is knowing that when I'm in the yuck of it, I go, oh yes, like that means I'm just on the brink of up-leveling again and expanding and getting rid of something that's not serving me. You know, think of it like growing pains. Right, right. Yeah, and (laughs) it's so true. Like there's always something else. And I think that that, I don't, I forgot what I was going to say too. Shoot, but I can- (laughs) 
Oh, I say the work is messy. It's messy AF because without being open to the messiness, then you wouldn't even have anything to work on. And I think something else that's super present, this is onto a, a different subject, something else that's super present in our programming, and this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about, is worrying about what other people think of us. Like yeah. wanting to please people, wanting to be liked, wanting to be accepted, fear of being misunderstood or judged. And that's programmed, right? I mean, it goes yeah. as far back to certain organized religions and Mm -hmm. we're terrified to like look a certain way or be perceived a certain way and for me that was the leading now I can see that was the leading cause of my depression yeah because I felt so disconnected from who I really was I was just trying to make sure that I was being who everyone else wanted me to be so that they would love me and accept me And in reality, it was just pushing everyone away. But can we talk more about that, about releasing that need to be liked? Because I think a lot of us are afraid to take care of ourselves properly, like especially with food, making certain different, very not mainstream decisions with food. We can feel like a total outcast and people question us and and try to tell us, oh, just do this, like, just have one piece, or just have one drink, or whatever it is. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, and it really, and and this idea, actually, specifically right now, at the time of us recording, you know, there's a lot of this coming up for so many people. So many of my clients are talking about, like, I just had a session earlier today where it's this idea of like, I'm not good enough. And like this phrase, and really it comes down to, again, when we're younger, we're always seeking out that love energy, right? And when we are not getting it, we are going to, most people who we oftentimes fall into that category of people pleaser or recovering people person, right? Where we have been taught to, we need to be the good girl. We need, you need to be a good listener. You need to do what's being asked of you. You keep hearing these phrases over and over and over. So then you learn the only way I'm going to get the love that I really want to get is by making other people happy. And that's why so many women struggle with this and why we put our own needs or we don't have healthy boundaries or things like that, because exactly that we that inner critic and that judge begins to intensify because we're like, no, like I'm not getting that please. Yeah. That good girl mentality. So I think the biggest thing is, is number one is begin doing the work to acknowledge of, because really what it's rooted in is inner wound stuff, right? Things that have happened as a younger age, or even like we talk about society, whether it's in religion or just in society that's programming like compliance. Everybody's yeah. got to comply with how the rules are. Um, and begin to just feel where you're noticing that and begin to take the baby steps of, again, noticing how it feels in your body, maybe journaling on like, why you, what you think that's rooted in. And this is something you could do, not necessarily with a practitioner, but on your own, but journaling about it and getting it out and dumping it out. 
Um, and then begin to see where, and this goes along with what I had posted, right? Are you tending to your environment? So what things can you remove? What things can you begin to say no to? And again, it begins creating that space for yourself of saying, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to fiercely guard my needs. I'm not going to overextend myself by saying yes to everybody, which I was the queen of that to the point where the day of, I would call and be like, actually, no, I'm not coming because I was tapped out. I couldn't do it. And then I would go down the spiral like, oh my gosh, like I just canceled on that person because I hate doing that, but I had to do it for my building. So it took time to learn and feel safe actually saying no the first time. And again, it's connecting within yourself and really being like, is this something I really want to do? Is this really serving me at my highest good? Or is it going to actually, does it feel yucky in my body? And if it does, that's, that's a no and begin to do that. But really, I mean, where you get into really shifting it is doing the work, whether you're using EFT tapping or the emotion code or other forms of therapy that help you shift out some of those things. Um, And EFT tapping, you can begin using on your own. There's so many YouTube videos out there right? Where you just type in like EFT for insert here, people pleasing. (laughs) And then there'll be things that pop up, but you can begin to do that in the moment to help you shift out of some of those strong feelings so that you can actually tune into really what feels good. Cause that's the other thing too, is so many of my clients are like, I don't even know what that feels like. Or they say, I feel like I need to stay busy so that they can't slow down and begin to actually confront what they're feeling. Yeah, I'd say that's another form of addiction, right? Because exactly. that's a way that we're escaping, mm-hmm. the way to escape something right. that's causing us pain. And it's compulsive and we want to stop, but we can't. And right. that's just, it's so intriguing. And I think just having that awareness, the awareness is everything because yeah. then for me personally, the more I do that type of work, the more in tune I become with my body. And it's not as hard to recognize what's happening or how I'm feeling. And I don't think it takes too long. As soon as you step into the awareness and you have some sort of consistent practice, Mm -hmm. it just becomes you. And I think that's why we keep unlocking new levels of growth because humans never stop growing and evolving. So that's just part of the process. Yeah. And the power of the pause, like I always talk about this, the power of the pause, like just giving your, and we're so quick to like, want to come back with something, but pause, like sit with it, pause, notice how you're feeling, pause. Does this feel good in my body? Like, is this a yes for me? Or is it a no for me? I mean, I even use muscle testing on myself. Like there's something called the sway test, which is a natural form of muscle testing. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I started doing this was simply as stuff as like, should I be doing the laundry right now? Like, is that what I really want to be? Like, is that what I should direct my energy towards? And so your body naturally sways forward towards a yes, right? It wants to lean into what feels more good into your highest level. And then you're going to actually sway back when it's something that it wants to like push away from. So those are things that are instinctively built within you when you begin to tune into that of connecting like with your intuition, right? 
of knowing what is. And I, you know, I encourage you to get curious and try it out and see what you begin to notice with that. And you'll be standing there and like, you'll ask yourself a question and be like, oh, okay. Now the side, the side note to this is when it's something you really, really want, like do I really want to eat this donut? Well, of course you really want to eat this donut. So <laughs> it kind of goes, oh, well, she really, really, really wants it. So we'll say yes to that, right? Because that's what you're feeling. So there's a little ca- caveat with that. Stay very neutral when you're asking the question. But um, it's it's interesting when you begin tuning in. And that helps me give something tangible when tuning into like really what I wanted to do was felt really hard. You know, um, yeah. we could talk about other ways of doing this. I know people who use pendulums or, you know, like all these different yeah. things, but um, that is a great thing of just using your own power of your body mm. to begin asking yourself like, well, which direction should I go? Yeah, that's so cool. I've, I've kind of heard of it, but I've never tried it. You just reminded me. So I will yeah. definitely be utilizing that one. Yeah, give it a try. And then like, let us know, like DM us on Instagram or something if yeah. you guys try it. Yes. Yes. And guys, having someone else to hold the space for you through this, we can absolutely use some of this stuff your, on your own, but having someone like Millie to hold the space for you and feel so safe and taken care of in that is huge. So I highly recommend working with Millie or continuing, you know, seeking out who and how to start practicing these things, even if it's so new to you, it doesn't feel, (laughs) it doesn't feel um, unnatural, which I think is really cool. And Millie um, walked me through tapping, a tapping technique, and I've even been able to use it on my own. I've shown it to my kids and my girls, you know, kids have big emotions a lot of the times. And my daughter has these kind of tantrums or outbursts or she just breaks down around 5 p.m every day because she needs a nap and she won't yeah she's tapped out (laughs) she's literally tapped out so we'll do tapping and they Mm -hmm. just do it themselves now and it's so cool so will you show us just like if you wanted to do a quick tapping on yourself to release it and I think it's just a great mechanism to have. Yeah, it's a great, and again, there's a lot of different ways to be able to do tapping. So so going into it, I really want you just to kind of like, feel like you don't have to do it perfect. Mm. No matter however you do it, it, there's still going to be benefits from it. Um, So basically what it is, is the points that I use, the main points is on the side of, let's see, there you go. On the side of your hand, we call it the karate chop side. And you don't have to be so stiff, but I'm just doing it to show you. (laughs) Is you begin to tap here and it doesn't, you don't have to tap hard. You're just going to tap right there on that karate chop. And you usually start with like a set setup statement. And the setup, setup statement usually goes something like this. Like, even though I feel blank, you insert the feeling mad, angry, sad, frustrated, numb. I mean, I just did a session on somebody that they're like, I really feel numb to this. Mm -hmm. So you say, even though I feel blank, and then you say, because, and then you insert the reason why you're feeling this way. And then you say, after that, I like to say, I'm beginning to love and honor myself. And I use the word beginning because a lot of times when I say I love and love myself, or I love and honor myself, people are like, that is a false statement. Like I do not have a lot of self-love. So You can soften it by saying, I'm beginning to love and honor myself. And what you're going to do is you're going to repeat that three times. 
of repeating that phrase. And then you're gonna move on to the next tapping point. And some people do it with two hands. Some people do it with one. It's whatever feels comfortable. But it's this point right at like your eyebrow where it meets almost the bridge of your nose. Okay, so your eyebrow. And then you just start tapping on that of like the emotion. So this anger that I'm feeling in my body. And you can just start tapping on just, I've seen people where literally that's all they do is they tap on the different points just with talking about I'm angry. And then the next time part is where your temple is. So not right in the middle of your temple, but where the bone is. Mm -hmm. So you're going to tap here. And I always get, well, how many times do I need to tap? Whatever feels comfortable. It doesn't have to be a bunch of, you know. Can I say something? Yeah. (laughs) Like when I'm doing this, and the part where I'm getting it all out, it'll be intense. I'll be like, he's such a fucking asshole. Right, exactly. <laughs> and again, like you're all the stuff I want to say. This first, usually you go through a tapping script like three times. The first time is you're getting out, like just all the strong feelings you're feeling. Like, I'm so angry. This anger that I'm feeling, like, I can't believe he yelled at me. That made me so, I was so pissed off. He's a freaking idiot. Like, whatever it is. And then the next point is underneath the eye. So where your um, eye socket, there's the optical, I always, the op. anyways, it's where your cheekbone is, like where your cheekbone is underneath the eye. I always mess up that name. So you're going to tap there. And then again, tapping on what you feel. Then the next one is underneath the nose, then on the chin, and then your collarbone. So you have your collarbone here and you're going to tap on your collarbone. So again, you can use one hand, you can use two hands, whatever feels comfortable to you. And then the next one is actually on the side of your arm underneath your arm so like where your ribcage and you may even like poker and you're like oh that's a little tender kind of where for ladies where your bra strap hits and you're like oh there's a little bit of a tender spot you don't have to dig in there but tap right there there's two ways of accessing you can reach around like this way or like I'll even just do it one-handed whatever feels comfortable for you and then the last spot is on your main meridian which on the is on the top of the head so you know that soft spot on babies it's kind of like that spot right there And so that is a basic round of tapping. So I'll go through them really quick again. Karate chop, above the eye, side of the eye, underneath the eye, under the nose, chin, collarbone, rib, and top of head. And again, so that first time is you do your setup statement and then you just start tapping on what you're feeling. I just like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. My mom always told me I wasn't going to amount to anything. This makes me feel really sad. I feel worthless. I'm frustrated, you know, whatever it may be and go through those tapping points. And then usually at the beginning, you give yourself a scale from zero to 10, 10 being most severe. So you can gauge that emotional charge that you're feeling. And if you are like, Basically from a four to like a seven, that's usually an indicator that after one round, if you're still at a, between like four and a seven to do another round. And so you start the setup statement and say, even though I still feel angry because such and such, such and such, and then you go through those time. But the interesting thing, and I know Bracey and I were talking about this, is even after you do that first one and kind of flesh things out, you're like, oh, I'm actually really feeling this way. And again, it begins to pull back the layers and bring forth what really actually is at the root of things. 
And so then you can start tapping on that. And then the third round, which is usually when you're down to usually a two or below, and you're like, oh, okay, I feel better, is you start pouring back in of what you want to feel. And this is what I love about tapping. You pull out the yuck, and then you pour back in the good. And tap on what you want to feel. And you can say, even though I still feel angry because this, I'm beginning to let go of it because I love and honor myself. And you do the setup statement three times. And then you start going, I know I still feel angry, but I'm okay. Like, I'm going to choose to lead with love, whatever you want to infuse back in. And you go through those tapping points. And then really remembering to breathe through this again. So connecting with your breath actually has a physical response to help lower your stress level. So it's really important to be breathing through this as well. So, so, so yeah. Good. So good. And it helps so much. And I, yeah, I was telling Millie, like I naturally, first I got all that shit out. Like I said, like super brutal stuff that I want to say, but don't ever say. Yes. Right? Um, sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I naturally started and it wasn't, I want to say like, don't put too much effort, allow what naturally comes up to right. come up. Don't try to control it. Like you try yeah. to control everything else because for me, what naturally came up was what was actually going on yeah. and what I actually wanted to feel. I didn't even have to say, okay, now I need to think about how I want to feel the more se- I just kept going through the moves and it just happened on its own. And that is the beauty of all of this is that we have an inner guidance system. We have this emotional guidance, spiritual, however you want to put it, Mm -hmm. guiding us at all times. And we block it out because we want to control things so much. And this is a beautiful way to tap into that, literally tap into (laughs) the power of your body. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, it, it, it like, ignites that that um part of you that isn't controlled by ego that's your authentic self like even if what you have to say is mean and hurtful that is authentically what's going on um so never feel shame in that especially if you're doing it on your own and Millie like I said holds a beautiful space for that so we could talk all day, Millie. I'm going to have you back. But yes, yes. Well, and I just really quick want to add yeah. one thing too, is because some of you are saying like, I don't even know what to feel. And again, going back to notice the charge in your body, like you can even just be tapping and you don't even necessarily have to do the setup statement, but just start tapping on those points, noticing where you feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. Or if you feel like it's really hard for you to say it out loud, there's more, I would say more benefits to say it out loud, right? Because you're it pulls in more of your senses, your auditory senses and things like that. But just thinking about the situation, focusing in on that and how it makes you feel while you're tapping on those points will help diffuse the charge as well. That's super helpful. Cause I did have resistance to doing it on my own at first because I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to do it right. I'm doing yeah. it wrong. So thank you for sharing that. Cause a lot of times I just started tapping and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing, but yeah, again, there's happens. no right, wrong way. You just do what feels good. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. Well, we'll definitely have you back. I told her next time, I just want to talk about trauma. I really want to go deep into trauma because that's really where our addictive tendencies live, but I think this is a perfect introductory conversation that we just had into tapping into your emotions and tangible tips that you guys can use to start 
feeling your feelings. I say that in my community all the time, instead of choosing food or reactivity or whatever that looks like for you guys. So Millie, tell us more about how to connect with you, how to work with you, what you offer. Yeah. So you can always connect me over on Instagram. Like that's the best place to uh, find me, which is my handle, which is at Millie Barra. So I know you'll put them in the show notes and everything, but you can connect with me over there. Um, really like where I, I do one-on-one work. Um, but I also do a couple group forms of programs. So I have my mindfulness mama membership, which is a weekly call that we get on every Monday where I really, I hold the space for these women just to come in and begin to learn how to carve out time for themselves. Right. And, you know, have that accountability of like once a week, at least I'm going to schedule one hour for myself where I can come together in a no shame zone. Right. And just be where we do tapping. I do some group energy work. I also will do guided meditations. And a lot of times it's really just bringing forth like things that the group's struggling with or shifting out things like imposter syndrome or this need to be a people pleaser, mom anger, mom rage, you know, those different types of things. Um, So there's that. And that's ongoing. So that's an open membership for anybody to jump in at any time. I'm also going to be running my fall session of my Taming Motherhood, which dives in more about reactivity and triggers within motherhood and learning how to navigate those while also kind of healing, doing some of that healing around why am I triggered when my kids won't get in the car in the morning and it's just this total shit show. And next thing I know, I call it lovingly, my inner monster like comes out and I'm just raging, you know, like all those different things. Um, and again, like we talked about, it really is rooted in the fact of those triggers are the guiding point of that there's something deeper going on within you. And what I talk a lot about on my social platform is the fact that your mom anger is not because of your kid's behavior. Yep. It's rooted within you. So, um, so yeah. And then again, like I said, I have a higher touch one-on-one um, program where I do usually for about three months where you're really wanting to get in and have that support and that accountability of doing that higher touch, deep healing specifically designed by your individual concerns and things that you're wanting to shift out of. So awesome. And and all of this is linked in my bio too. So if you go to my Instagram, you can link there. Um, My webpage is there as well. And you can schedule to that link too. Perfect. That um, when you're starting in the fall is very (laughs) intriguing for me. Um, yeah, guys, I highly recommend this work. And like I said, and like she said, it's a safe space that she holds for you. You do not have to stop trying to do it all on your own. It's silly. It's taking longer. You're probably stuck because, you know, you don't have to know it all. There's so much more to know and learn from others who have been through it and are working on, you know, being on the other side of it. So definitely lean on that. And we will have Millie back. So there's so much more to talk about, but Millie, thank you so much for your time. Today. Yeah. Thanks Bracey for having me on and anybody, any questions, just shoot me a DM. I'd love to connect with you guys and just um, hear your feedback about what you think. And yes. if you have any questions or anything, my inbox is open. So yes. Um, I second that. Let us know all your feedback and yeah, any questions. So that way we know what to 
what to plan for future conversations. I love that. Yeah, perfect. All right. Thanks, Millie. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us today. And also, I'm so proud of you for listening to this podcast and opening yourself up to the work. I know it's not easy, but man, is it helpful to listen to others' experiences and things that have worked for them and that have worked for many, many people that we've come in contact with. Millie is an amazing, amazing person, and I hope that you guys go and follow her on Instagram and maybe even sign up for one of her programs. Um, And definitely connect with us on Instagram and let us know what you thought. And as always, happy healing, and I'll see you later.